0: Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Leveling Up. Today, I have with me Abadesi Osunsade, the founder of Hustle Crew and many other things, of course, as I've just shared. (laughs) Abadesi, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me.
1: Really excited to chat today.
0: You and I chatted a while back. Yeah. Really, it was early summer, right after George Floyd was killed, and the movement of Black Lives Matter really came back to... um, full force in a great way and and people are really holding their their companies accountable and one of the things we talked about was our fear of what might happen four months from now and here we are and so i'm excited (laughs) today to get your perspective of how companies are approaching belonging and inclusivity in
1: the workplace it's unusual now to think of the volume of conversations that were happening about this within the corporate space when we first connected in the heat of the campaigns and thinking now about whether that volume has been maintained not just in terms of conversations but also in terms of action and it's so interesting because we actually did a survey in our hustle crew community a few weeks ago around 200 folks replied and we said have you seen changes in your organization since black lives matter and only 20 percent of respondents said yes and I feel like that is, while a small sample, quite representative of what I have observed as well. I think there's been a minority of companies that really decided to put resources towards this problem, whether that was in the form of hiring people. I myself got a new job at Brandwatch as their first ever VP of Global Community and Belonging, or whether that was companies actually hiring external consultants in to help them, putting money towards Black communities, things like what Netflix did, I know Alexis Ohanian stepped down from the board of Reddit and was replaced by a black guy, Michael Seibelman. But I feel that was very much like a minority of like high-profile actions and initiatives. And for the most part, companies kind of just went back to business as usual. Or I suppose they've gone into a planning stage, which unfortunately, if twenty twenty one looks a lot like twenty twenty, might be a bit of an analysis paralysis that doesn't really like turn into action. So I mean, I do want to stay optimistic and hopeful. But I can't pretend I'm not disappointed by the gap between the promises people were making when the news was all about this and the actual actions they've taken since then just to stay committed to being anti-racist. Like I'm not expecting companies to transform the makeup of their teams overnight, especially in a year where we're not hiring a lot. But just even the fact that they were being so bold in their branding and marketing campaigns to engage with the needs of the black community and really like sparking dialogue about that. And then so many brands have just kind of stopped has been like really disappointing on a personal level are you surprised by it? I'm not surprised. I feel like when we were speaking, one of the things I mentioned to you was how, as a company, as Hustle Crew specifically a social enterprise, focused on diversity and inclusion work, focused on going into companies, teaching them about bias, privilege, and structural oppression, I felt an urgency to capitalize on the momentum. I honestly felt like It's not going to be around for a long time. And that wasn't just a purely cynical perspective. It was just driven by the fact that I was already four years into running a business that had been extremely volatile and hard to keep afloat because there were so many times where people were like, I can't find budget for that or I don't want to find budget for that or I can't prioritize that right now. So there was always this part of me informed by those experiences that kind of thought, well, let me ride this rising tide because it, it won't necessarily be here to stay. And I'm sure there's two groups of people listening to this, people who are directly impacted by the problem because they're a member of the Black or other marginalized or underrepresented community, and people who are on the other side of that conversation where they want to be an ally, but they're not as impacted by it. And I think depending on which side you fall on, it's going to really hurt to hear this because... There are so many of us that we want to show up, we want the best for ourselves and for future generations, and we're just not getting that long-term commitment and support.
0: I want to get more into this before we jump into what that problem is and how we can get more organizations to really lean into long-term lasting embedded solutions i'd love to hear a little bit more around how hustle crew came to be and why you decided to start the organization in the first place of course there are some obvious reasons here there's a massive need so how did you end up
1: starting hustle crew to begin with I would love to say that I grew up playing with social activist dolls and action figures and dreamed of changing the world through intersectional feminism as I watched Sesame Street, but that is absolutely not the case at all. I trained as a social scientist at university, studied economics. And I believed in this idea of meritocracy until my late twenties really. And I was kind of playing by the rules to win in that game that I thought I was playing. So I was working hard. I was asking for more, more responsibility, more money. I was jumping from job to job. I was trying to do that thing that we all aspire to do, like be a millionaire, get on the property ladder, like try to get into Forbes, 30 under 30, whatever it is, chasing those dreams. And I found myself in a working environment where I felt, real exclusion for the first time and it wasn't just like oh like I feel left out like I could just see the double standards so obviously playing out in front of me whether it was the fact that my voice didn't carry the same way as my peers in strategy meetings recruitment decisions whether it was the fact that I was on the receiving end of like just really negative like behavior people touching my hair without my permission like all kinds of things and a part of me just kind of thought wow this is happening to me as someone that's been in the startup world for quite a long time, actually. And like, I've, I've been headhunted into this company. You know, I'm not like at the bottom of the ladder. I'm not in a junior role. I have some clout here. And my words still don't have the gravity that they should. And I'm k- achieving results. I'm hitting my targets. I'm getting crazy positive feedback from my clients. And despite all of these things, I'm still having to deal with stuff just because I'm a woman, just because I'm a black person. And that's absurd to me. And I just felt so strongly that I had to do something about it. It just really frustrated me and annoyed me that there could be all of these other women out there who like me were totally sold on this idea of like, I just have to work hard and everything will be fine. Everything will work out. No, that's not enough. That's not enough. And like you can totally extrapolate that to like a more macro scene and look at what's happening in like the political landscape across the world or in the media, in Hollywood, it's not enough. Like if you're a woman, if you are queer, if you are disabled, there's still always going to be that othering that happens where people are constantly forcing you to prove yourself or judging you by a harsher standard. So that's when I just decided, okay, I want to do something about it. We started as a community for underrepresented professionals, sharing advice, getting mentorship, and then the B2B piece evolved from that because we realized that it's a really complex issue, this idea of making tech more inclusive. It's not just about getting diverse candidates access to opportunities. It's also about ensuring the work cultures that they access are ones where they feel like they can belong and they can bring their whole selves to work. And that's been the focus of the last few years, just helping CTOs, all kinds of leaders understand the unique obstacles underrepresented groups face so that they can make equitable decisions across the org. And so when Hutzel Crew has been
0: a growing organization that you've Moved from side hustle to full-time to side hustle to full-time and, and yes. really stuck with it and pushed. But it, it's so amazing because I think it has to exist. And I love that you're able to push it through. I'm curious, what is the relationship today? How do you work with companies? What do you offer to them in order to help them with this challenge?
1: Yeah. So I'm incredibly grateful for the Hustle Crew team because they're just like the most badass, incredible, talented, People ever. And our focus right now is completely education, like education. So One part of this is educating teams about bias and inclusion. So we have two core products. The first one is Understanding Bias, and this is an opportunity for teams to acquire a shared language to navigate concepts like identity, privilege, structural oppression, and also to be able to label the most common types of bias we see in the workplace, because not that many people know that there's been study after study that shows us how performance bias manifests, how attribution bias manifests, likability bias, maternal bias, affinity bias, We know about bias, but we're not in a position right now where we can like label it or challenge it. You know, if we keep getting interrupted in a meeting, can we stand up and say, hey, don't turn me into a statistic here. Let me finish my point. And that's ultimately what we'd love to achieve because we assume everyone's got the best intentions. They just don't quite know how to challenge themselves to do better. And then with fostering inclusion, we actually throw teams into the deep end with actual scenarios that happen at work, whether that's a microaggression, whether that's a conflict between someone from an underrepresented background and someone else in their team. And what we do is we ask teams to workshop a solution. And that offers an opportunity for folks to identify where they don't already have a practice or a best practice or a value in place, to guide their action and then in addition to the bias and inclusion stuff some of our consultants focus specifically on career skills for underrepresented employees so we know that by virtue of living in patriarchy there's some really interesting research around just the double standards that men and women face in the workplace and what could work for a man when it comes to negotiating or self-promotion could actually backfire for women due to outdated gender stereotypes and what our perceptions are of men or women. And it really frustrates me that we have to accommodate to outdated gender stereotypes and accommodate to people's bias. But the reality is Society changes over generations and our careers are happening now, right? Like our next performance review is a month or a year or whatever away. So we do workshops focused on career skills. Whether that's personal branding, whether that's negotiation, whether that's imposter syndrome and building confidence. You know, when you think of neurodiversity profiles, we over index to confident, extroverted people. We see that in leadership. That's what the media glorifies. That's only one part of the world and not even the larger part. I mean, there's probably more introverts and ambiverts than extroverts out there. So we're also trying to teach folks how to be authentically assertive.
0: I love all of this. And it's something that clients are reaching out to us, asking if we do, and we are saying no, and we send them to the experts such as yourself. And I'm curious when an organization that like you mentioned earlier, that budgets are coming up as a challenge. The reason we don't do this is because we are not trained and well positioned to do it. And we're seeing organizations do it so well. And it's a challenge where organizations are reaching out saying, Hey, do you do diversity and inclusion training? And honestly, not sure if they, know what they mean when they ask for that. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you come discuss what it is that Hustle Crew is doing with organizations and for organizations is because I don't think that even within learning and development teams, even within HR teams, unfortunately, they're not sure how to approach this. Hearing that there's a solution such as coming in and having these interactive trainings, hopefully it will give teams some sort of step forward. But you mentioned earlier organizations getting stuck in this analysis paralysis and really stuck in the planning stage. How do you help them move away from that and really find that budget? And obviously it's not your job to find the budget, but yeah, how do you help them take that step forward toward training by the
1: time they're talking to you or they already bought in? So the first thing I do is help them understand why they're struggling. And I think that's because we underestimate the complexity of the problem many people are speaking from their lived experience, which means they haven't fully grasped the scale of the challenge, the complexity of the challenge, the intensity of the challenge showing up at work every day in a society that has not, designed itself with you as the default in a work culture that has not designed itself with you as a default, whether that's you as a disabled person, a parent with young kids, whatever that looks like. So many of us have just not been like that default persona that work and other parts of society have been structured around. The first thing I have to do is just let people acknowledge that this is a big problem. And that kind of helped them shift their mindset away from like, what's the one thing that's going to fix this? What's that silver bullet? What's like the most high impact thing because it's not like hey we need more twitter followers what's that one thing we're going to do or like hey like customer retention's down what's that one thing we're going to do it's like we are dealing with something which absolutely is a part of the individual experience of your company but is still ingrained to like a much bigger system actually going on constantly outside because this is institutional systemic oppression that people are facing every day so i think that's like the first thing i do and the second thing i say to people is what works for airbnb microsoft netflix square intel companies that have published compelling case studies about how they've increased gender diversity how they've increased racial diversity won't necessarily work for you but can be a good place to start because you can look at a company that's like we're going to pick one metric increasing women hires increasing people of color and senior levels, increasing diversity on boards, whatever it is, you can see how everyone picks that one metric and then drives all the focus towards that. And I would really say that is such a powerful way to start. Like, what is that success metric? What is that goal? And then work backwards from there. So maybe it's like, we're gonna spend the next two or three or maybe even four quarters working on getting us to a place where we can comfortably discuss race and privilege. And then when we can comfortably discuss race and privilege, we're going to work on increasing race representation from underrepresented groups right now. And then when you can do that, we're like, and now we're going to work on retaining and promoting people from those underrepresented groups. But I think it's like, just take a step back, zoom out, understand the scope of the challenge, understand the complexity of it. And then when you zoom back in, pick that success metric that makes sense for the maturity of your organization, for the values of your organization, for the geography of your organization all of these things will factor in.
0: When you say zoom out is one of the steps of that process really gauging the state of the
1: organization
0: today and if so how do you recommend teams approach that is it surveying
1: So I think I mean two things when I say zoom out. I think the first thing I mean is like actually zoom out to like the macro of what's happening in the world and what's happening in society because I think we have to be reminded of why we're doing this work. So let's stick with just like that dimension of race right now, but you can think of it along any other lines. You could think of it around like trans representation, disabled representation, neurodivergency, whatever you want to do, but I'm going to stick with race. When I say zoom out, I want you to remember that racism exists and racism means innocent people like George Floyd, like Breonna Taylor are murdered. And that's why you're doing the work. So you always want to be anchored to that purpose of why you're even having these conversations about anti-racism and why you're even committing to supporting black rights and equality for black people. That's kind of the first thing. But then, yeah, absolutely. To your point, zoom out and look at the organization and look at where influence in the organization lies and be honest with yourself. Right. Like, are you ready? Like, is your CEO ready? to take ownership and accountability of challenging bias and discrimination across the organization. All of the research, I'm thinking of McKinsey's Women in the Workplace, their recent inclusion study, all the research says to succeed, it has to be top-down. Like top-down is so essential. And so absolutely like be honest and, and upfront about whether your organization is in a state where it can do that. And if it's not, that's where you need to start. You need to get rid of the bad apples. You need to convince the influential people. Because performative work could be extremely damaging to your brand. I mean, we saw a lot of performative activism unfolding during June and July. A lot of just divestment from those brands, from Black communities and allies of Black communities. So, yeah, I think you're right. Being really honest about how, how much work you're willing to do and how you will prioritize that is like a crucial first step. Your email
0: newsletter that goes out pretty regularly always offers tactical, tangible, like habit forming steps that teams can take to start discussing racism in the workplace and get comfortable, as you mentioned. Before we wrap up here, I'd love to just touch on, you know, some of the topics that you have recommended, even as an individual team member who can start to have that conversation in a one-on-one or in a team meeting. Gosh, there's so many and I have a great (laughs) We don't have a lot of time, but in terms, if you were to just say, hey, employees of an organization, yes, maybe particularly managers, what is one or two things that they could do to start a conversation within their team, just as a small step forward?
1: Yeah, thank you. I love that you're plugging Hustle Crew membership. I appreciated that. <laughs> I didn't even do that myself. So yeah, I hope folks will definitely check it out. One of the things that I think is really powerful comes from the SPACE2 model, which is an acronym. The S stands for slow down. So really just Be mindful and considerate of your responses to others. The P stands for taking perspective, like really try to put yourself in someone else's shoes as they're talking to you about their experience at work or as you are making a decision that impacts folks beyond yourself. The A actually stands for assumptions, i.e. challenge assumptions. So don't just assume you know what it's like to be a parent, to have someone in your family suffering from COVID right now. Don't assume any of those things. Constantly ask yourself, wait, can I really say that? Is that a fair thing to say? And the C stands for cultural intelligence. Make sure that you are constantly aware of cultural differences in your team and that you're sensitive to them and that you're aware of them and that you don't speak from like a position of ignorance, assuming you know something about someone's religious background or any other cultural background. And then the two E's at the end of this model stand for exemplars and expand. So the exemplars is this challenge to us to avoid stereotypes. If I say close your eyes and picture a CEO, don't just picture a middle-aged white guy in a suit. Like think of an incredible CEO, like Audrey Gellman of The Wing. I know she was like caught up in a lot of drama earlier this year, but I'm a big fan of The Wing, no lies. Or Sophia Amorosa or friggin' Beyonce. She's the CEO of her company. She's like running this entertainment company, doing a great thing. So yeah, think of exemplars. And then the final E is for expand. And this is just about building diverse networks. Like we're never gonna know what it's like to be someone who is not ourselves. We can't pretend to experience oppression we don't face. It's just not possible, okay? So I get that. You're listening right now and you're white or you're a man or whatever. You're not going to ever see and feel what I have seen and felt. But that doesn't stop you from connecting authentically and honestly with people who do have different levels of privilege to you and who do have different backgrounds and starting to get to know them. And through that connection and relationship starting to see the world through a different lens, maybe seeing more of what the world is really like. So yeah, those are some habits I'd suggest. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Where
0: can listeners get in touch with Hustle Crew and start taking that next step toward bringing
1: solutions into their workforce? So we are on social media at Hustle Crew Live. So Instagram, we're sharing daily posts all the time to keep you inspired on your mission of inclusion. You can also go on hustlecrew.co, hustlecrew.co, forward slash membership, and sign up for our premium membership. It's $15 a month, and you can access tools and frameworks to be an ambassador of inclusion, weekly case studies, plus monthly workshops. We have members who are CEOs, CTOs, chief people officers, all sorts of things. We're not going to change the world unless we're all doing this work together. And that's at the heart of our mission. Like we don't gain anything by keeping our tools close to our chest. So yeah, sign up to hustlecrew.co membership so you can start prompting these conversations in your community too. Any
0: words of wisdom or thoughts that you have for other founders? Just as a
1: quick side note. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot, especially as a female founder, because it is so much harder for us, and especially as a Black and Asian female founder, I've been thinking a lot about Angela Davis and her reminder to practice radical self-care. She was saying this in the context of activists in the sense that she was saying, this is a marathon, not a sprint, doing the work of activism. But doing the work of entrepreneurship is also a marathon, not a sprint. And I know sometimes it can feel like a sprint, but it's so important for us to have compassion for ourselves and not feel guilty taking rest and not feel guilty taking breaks and not feel guilty when, you know, we're late for a meeting or we cancel a meeting last minute because we just can't bear to be on zoom another minute. Like it's okay. We're humans at the end of the day. And if you're not alive and well, your company's going to die anyway. So look after yourself, like be compassionate and caring for yourself. I think that's a great note to end on. Everybody,
0: take care of yourself and each other. Abadesi, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. And we will be sharing all of your links in the show notes. So our listeners can find those there as well. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co
1: to join our newsletter and to find past episodes.